You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another episode of the Elevator's Cut. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm your other hosts, Roger Gaddis. And today, we're this is a first for the podcast. Okay. What are we doing? Maybe a good episode. That <laughs> yeah. would be the first. I don't know about that. We find ourselves in a hotel room. Yes. Circled around the Yeti with some friends. And not the ice box. No, no, no. Uh, definitely not the ice chest. We okay. can't afford that. Uh, but we've, we've got some guests here today. That's right. We're coming live from the Renaissance. Renaissance. In uh, downtown Nashville. Tennessee. And we got a few of Roger's friends with him. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're having our uh, annual customer conference, what we call Master Management Conference this week, and we've got some folks here. While they were in town, we invited them in to chat crusty old grain guy things, and so they've agreed for whatever reason. Yeah, and so I, I can't get much, out now. I don't know how much longer we can do this preamble and make them sit here awkwardly, but I well, we will. It's, it. it's going. It's a I, I think method. the thing I feel most comfortable about, Jason, is that you don't consider us friends. We're Roger's well, friends. I noticed that friends. as well. Did Listen, you? I'm glad you noticed Listen, that. <laughs> Michael and I had this chat before you guys got here. You guys have this elite, exclusive group that I'm not a part of. And that's okay. I'm not I'm not saying that. But, you know, that's why I can say things like that. You know, you guys. I think he's good. asking to join the group. So no, let's talk about this. No, no, no. I don't. If you have to ask, it's, you can't yeah, afford exactly. it. Exactly. So, but I, I do want to, after we get our introductions here, I guess, but, but I want to, I want to talk about the, the peer group you guys have. The other three people that have a peer group. Yeah. These other three people sitting here, one's uh, sitting on a bed that I rented and anyway, but we'll start with him. Go ahead. <laughs> so we have some folks here and we're going to start off with my good friend, Michael Mock. All right. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm from Somerset County, Pennsylvania, and I buy and sell the Kerns. Perfect. Then we got next over here going. Uh, My name is Benjamin Neving. I work for Deerfield Ag Services. I uh, grew up in Northeast Ohio. I worked for a big grain company for a couple years and then decided to move home. And now I work for a smaller grain company. And I uh, was very unfairly made fun of for wearing my Blue Parrot uh, headset. Everybody came in and called me a truck driver, and that's not true. I call truck Which driver. Which is nothing wrong. <laughs> I will say the first thing you did when you got here was use the bathroom. <laughs> King of truck drivers. <laughs> Let's be clear, it was number one. So. That's right. There are rules to these. <laughs> and, uh, and last but not least. Uh, Jake Lund, uh, not your host, but they paid me enough, so I'm here. Okay. Um, uh, Southwest Wisconsin, big town of Stitzer. It's got a post office and a bar and a grain business and a feed mill. So... Um, been there nine years. Um, enjoy coming to this conference and uh, glad to be back with these guys. Yeah. Now, now what brought us together initially was the, the, the entity known as White Commercial, but we've all formed friendships, uh, you know, with, with everyone that, except for me. Yeah. Right. Jason's okay. on the outside <laughs> yeah. looking in. We, right. We've allowed him uh, access to this intimate group. But, you know, we, we, we like I said, we, we've kind of just kind of grown uh, through 
uh, shared experiences, let's yep. say. And uh, so we're all in the green business. We all dealt with uh, all the things that green businesses deal with. And so that's that's why we're here. So the idea today is just to talk <laughs> green business things and see yep. what, or not. We can talk about Culver's, which Jake has a heart for. Which is the best food place in America, probably. Yeah. I would say Curter Burger. I've still never had one, but we need to get that to you, Jason. Yeah. Soon. Roger, have you had that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would like to go on record as having had a Curter Burger. Fantastic. Thank yes. You. Right. I'll bring my lactase with me. We'll go to town. It's like big now for you. Maybe I just will go to one. It is 15 miles away, though. But okay. we'll try to we'll try to make it. So, so you're missing one from your peer group, right? Oh, yeah. We got to call out Colin. Yeah, call, call out Colin. Do it. Because he's not here. Yeah, he didn't come. But so there, there's one more. So it's the five of you guys. Five guys. Not right. a burger place. Which is the second best second burger best. place okay. behind Culver's. Okay. Yeah, I, I would disagree favorite. and flip those. Two. Oh, oh gosh. All right. So we got Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin here, and then Cullen was South Dakota. Yeah. I'm glad to represent so the Midwest here. Good <laughs> <laughs> spread, folks. We got the South and the East Coast on the Midwest guy. Here. We're mid-Atlantic. I'm somewhere in between Mid-Coast and Mid-Atlantic. I'm Rust Belt. <laughs> Okay, so tell me about you guys. Just have like a text group, right? So you guys are all—it's a band of brothers thing. Band of brothers, a grain guy. We got tats. earn their stripes, and I mean, you know. So, how did it come to be, and how often do you guys chat? How did, do you guys you guys Zoom occasionally too and stuff? So tell me about. So originally, I was feeling slightly lonely, I guess, in my post at my former work and. uh I'd heard of some other fellows. I had a colleague that had a peer group. So I reached out to some people I considered friends and we decided to start talking. Um, we talk over text and share, um, you know, grain elevators are hell pictures. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we do Zoom occasionally to so we can, you know, remember what each other looks like, which is not always great. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's good to have some camaraderie in what you do. Yeah. Um, I, I found, uh, you know, solace and, you know, I'm not the only one struggling yeah, with right. this thing or that. So, yeah, no, I agree with Michael. I mean, uh, we not only talk about grain, but family as well. And just uh, just have a good group to help you get through the day. And like he said, I know I always chuckle when Ben uh, sends that picture of grain elevators or hell. And it, I think it makes us feel better that, you know, not only our grain, grain elevator is hell, but Ben's is too. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, his conveyors break, his belts break too. He's got corn on the ground. He needs Bob to get a shovel to bin eight. I mean, we all have the same thing. We need more trucks. I mean, we all have the same issues and it's just nice to have a group, uh, to talk about that with and help you through your day, basically. Yep. In in this business, you know, we 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 work in the physical world. You know, there are there are real. We're not just dealing with widgets or, or flashing numbers. You know, there's there's real people that need something out of us. They need to have their truck loaded or unloaded, or they need a settlement or whatever it might be. And the the attachment of the machines that we utilize and manage. You know, it's you have to get comfortable with. The fact that, you know, everything will break at some point, you know, you think about everything that is in your business, whether it is your accounting system or your leg or your truck or your relationship with your customer, at some point, everything will break. And it's our job to be prepared for that and, you know, manage it and be comfortable in it. You know, there are 
there are days that it sometimes feels like you're wading into a cold lake. You know, if when you, you know, when you first dip your toe in and your ankles in, you know, it's pretty refreshing, but all of a sudden you're about, you're about chest deep. And you're like, man, this is pretty, this is pretty frigid and I would like to get out of here. And then all of a sudden you go a little bit further in and your, your nose is just above water. That's, you know, that's what the green business can feel like some days. And then all of a sudden you walk your way back out of it and you're standing, you know, shin deep in some cool, refreshing water. And you're like, this isn't so bad. I can keep doing this. Every, every year we forget what, uh, what the challenges are. And if you want to flip the temperature scale, I just imagine being in a grain bin running a sweep auger in summertime and yeah. then all those things apply, but with dust and heat. I, I think that's something that's true about the group of guys that we are, you know, the, the, that we kind of hang out together is we're all involved heavily in, you know, merchandising and the office role, but all of us go outside and, and work. Um, I don't do as much of it as I would like to. Uh, I wish I spent some more time and, you know, flip some more switches and push some more buttons. But I think that everybody here, you know, at some point you could be in the middle of a spreadsheet and, you know, you hear something <laughs> over the radio and out the door we go to go, you know, shovel, shovel something, something. up and be a part of the team. Yeah. So if, if it wasn't for this uh, peer group for you guys to commiserate, you'd be stuck in that deep water all the time and couldn't get out. You guys would all quit by now. Right? Basically. Yeah. Ring endorsement. Yeah, there's a lot to be, you know, you hear that a lot. It's, it's the elevator can be a real lonely place sometimes. Not, not just spatially, because a lot of times you are in the middle of nowhere, but just uh, uh, relationally. And what I mean by that is, is what we're talking about here is there's not a whole lot of times that you, you get to spend time with peers. You know, it's meeting season in the wintertime. So it's go, go, go from January, February, March before, you know, input season or, you know, a lot of the guys that also farm or anything like that. So whenever you do get a chance to be around people, I think you got to make the most of it. And, you know, I think the peer group, at least as I see it, is an extension of that, you know, for year round. And it's not just the camaraderie thing, which is a big part of it. It's also, you know, serious questions about about your business. You know, mm -hmm. how do you handle discounts here? Yeah, how right. do you how do you do charges here? How do you do uh, deal with the customer wanting this? And so it's it's real, real world things. Yeah. Um, and there well. and there are times that Michael, I will, you know, we containerize soybeans and I have bought soybeans from Michael that he has brought over and he's bought corn back from me. So uh, there is a little bit of, there is a little bit of uh, horse trading that goes on as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to mention too. Yeah. Like it's not just for, you know, we use it for um, getting different ideas, you know, discount schedules and trucking mm -hmm. schedules and fees and different contracts you offer. And Hey, I had a situation with this customer. How would you handle it? You know, we got good experience here and it's just uh, I think it's good just for everybody to have, you know, three, three to five people that you talk with that you can shoot ideas with. So you're not, you know, kind of it's good to uh, get some different ideas off different people. De definitely no more than five. I mean, once you get you can't get in, Jason, you, you cannot be a part of this. <laughs> I know. No, I, think at, there, I think there's a price. So at first, at first, it sounded like you guys were mostly your relationship was built around your shared hatred for the things in the grain business. <laughs> That's kind of how it sounds. <laughs> right. But I mean, there's but I feel oh. love coming. There's a love hate relationship. And you guys share that love for the grain business, but also the hatred for the grain business. The realism. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, just Yin and Yang, to, I, I hear. Sure. Okay. My great rap group. Um, so, so just to get the, you know, when the elephant's in the room, you know, you got to introduce the elephant, right? And that's right. A good I, rule of thumb. So obviously we're talking about collusion here. Mm -hmm. And why hasn't anyone mentioned the fact that we're not setting basis along the same lines with everybody else? I'll open it up to the group. 
There's a reason we're in a locked room right now, <laughs> and it's smoky. I've not seen the towels yet from with Renee. I've not yeah. seen the towels yet, so maybe she's maybe. not listening. We didn't have an NDA, so you guys get, <laughs> you're free to talk about all the collusion. Especially you. Because when green guys get together, they collude, right? That's Especially what the I'm two that are right by each other, kind of. Oh no, I don't. I don't think we have any customers that. I don't think we have any customers that go back and forth between us. Um, yeah, there's uh, you know, that's something that we've really been discussing with our customer base this year uh, in the in the state of Ohio collusion uh, basis. Oh, um, okay, <laughs> one and the same, same thing. Elevator cut basis collusion. It's all we've had. Uh, we we drastically changed our DP fees from from last year to this year. Last year our DP fees were six cents a month. Uh, this year we were a ten cent in charge and then ten cents a month. Um, there were, you know, uh, whether you call that a dump fee or an in charge, you know, there were certainly there were certainly farmers that, well, you know, well, wait a minute, you're going to charge me to dump? Well, only if you're only if you want to leave it unpriced, right. like um, an upcharge fee, basically. And this, you know, we our our crop was really big, and it was uh, it, the the moisture in the corn crop was really high, and basis got really wide. And there were a lot of questions about, you know, why are your DPs, DP fees like this? Why, you know, why is your basis like this? Um, so there, you know, there's a lot of time spent having that conversation about not necessarily collusion, but, you know, why did all the elevators all of a sudden go from six cents a month in DP to 10 or 15 cents a month in DP? And they all did it on the same day. <laughs> I mean, they got a point. I mean, <laughs> the same day. I remember that day very well. Lots of phone calls and text messages that day. Wow. <laughs> our our job is to interpret the demands of the cash market, and we try to figure it out every single day. It's arbitrage. If you don't, you know, figure out what's going on, mm -hmm. you get arbitraged. Right. Well, I mean, we've seen. So if it if you are thinking as a grain elevator, you know. DP or store should be like way higher than it is this year because of the conditions, whether spreads or yeah, those spreads. It's way too wet or whatever it is. There's a lot of reasons you're like, hey, well, you're not the only one thinking it. Every elevator around thing, and they're just waiting for somebody to, to do it. To do it and as soon as they do it. Oh, this year God. that was Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they did it big. Right. You know, there's there's certainly uh, uh there can be a misconception that is about, you know, what does a merchandiser do? You know, are we, are we buying grain? Are we selling grain? You know, I, I look at my role and Michael can speak on this because he, he owns his own business. You know, we are, we are asset managers. You know, there's a physical structure here that has the capacity to make money or lose money and people need its service. You know, people want to dump corn in there and then people want to take corn back out. You know, we're we're looking at asset management, you know, and it's I I view my job in that way, and it's it's customer service as well because mm -hmm. if we give good customer service, we'll manage our asset well. But I I I work for a, a family business that you know that they treat me very well. But Michael's got a much different view on asset management because it's his cash that's on the line and the banks, frankly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, from the customer's point of view, we are a service business. We're offering, offering physical grain services to them. But on the backside, we, we are asset managers. And if you do not manage those assets well, you're not going to be in business. Um, and 
my wife wouldn't like that so much. So <laughs> you've got you've got a couple little girls that are hoping that you manage your asset well. Yeah, well, yeah. Send them to good colleges and pay for nice weddings. <laughs> no boys yet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nowhere, nowhere near that. Right? Fourteen, eleven, nine. No boys. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got a few more years then, huh? You got a few more years to add some bins before <laughs> paper weddings. <laughs> Roger, you got a few more years as well? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Well, lots of years. Lots of years left. Convent and all that stuff. So, Michael, your your thing is, is um, you know, interesting. Like, like Ben was saying, I'll just dovetail into that. It was you had you were merchandiser for another private um, elevator company in Pennsylvania. And then uh, a couple years ago, opportunity popped up and you struck out on your own yeah there was a, a a customer of yours actually who was looking to exit the business um he had physical space that uh, i ended up buying and we decided to try and do this thing on our own and uh it's in a the county i live in i was commuting to work before which um i i generally want to do work that i like around people I like mm -hmm. around the area I want to live okay. and it it does it fit us, all three yeah us buying the business um allowed us to do that and and uh so far so good so, and yeah. you also began farming in this time frame yes um so my father-in-law asked uh, my wife and I if we'd like to take over their farming operation so it's uh small on midwest scale but uh in the the hills of Pennsylvania where we live, it's big enough for me. So we've been farming about 450 acres of corn and soybeans, and uh, I'm the dumbest farmer in the county. So I ask my customers <laughs> lots of questions, but and, the uh, hardest marketer. <laughs> I don't know. About <laughs> that. Uh, so I get to feel the pressures of what the farmers are, you know, yeah. when they're selling all those emotions, um, which, which has been good for me to understand that a little bit. And uh, I don't know, my my uh, 2022 crop marketing was really, really good. 2023, I, I'm I'm not batting, uh, you know, a thousand, but uh, we're doing OK on that. So nice. but uh, we're, we're learning a lot farming as well. And uh, have you, have you developed challenge. a healthy another layer of healthy hatred for the grain elevator as a farmer? Or? I haven't. <laughs> OK, um, but give it uh, time. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. So, OK. Do you think there's good opportunity where your business is to grow? Is there a lot of people looking for us, your services, you know, to somewhere to sell their grain market, their grain truck services, that type of thing? Is there um, a need for that? So we're in a, um, I would say an immature grain market okay. um, because a lot of dairies have quit in the last 10, 15 years. So we have a lot of small farms that they still have equipment. They have a town and job or they're a retirement age, but they're growing some grain mm -hmm. and we're seeing some farmers start to get bigger as those guys are retiring or selling, but we have a lot of small farms with no grain in infrastructure. So they need a place yeah. to take their corn to get it dried. Yeah. We we had moistures that average. What was the highest I remember uh, seeing on our group? Jason probably doesn't know, but he's not on our I'm group. not going to say not. the highest, but we, we had uh, some, you know. 35% corn coming in, 36% corn and higher than that. But I would say on average, we got about 24, 25% corn out of the field this year, yeah. which was a challenge from a quality some... standpoint um, and from a drying standpoint. Oh, yeah. How was that dryer doing? It, it caught fire once. <laughs> <laughs> Better than twice. <laughs> 
So uh, you said a lot of dairy farms. So a lot of dairy farms in my area as well that have gone out, you know, dairy industry, there seems to be the same amount of cows, just less amount of farms. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing the same amount of, I guess what I'm seeing is people are getting out of dairying. They have no, you know, they're not used to selling corn. They're used to feeding their corn. So they don't know what they're heck they're doing do you do you see that as uh you excited to like teach them are they willing to learn from you just because what are you seeing in your area from the dairy farmers trying to all of a sudden become grain farmers i i would agree that i have the same experience in yeah. that um they are used to being price takers yes um whatever the, they the milk in their milk check mm -hmm. um so most of them don't even know that they have options. So you probably get that harvest basis. So be good for you. Yeah. Um, I do not offer storage or DP. So we just, we will do forward contracts. Don't you want to do what's best for the farmer though? See, it wouldn't would work out this year so far, right? Do you, hey, but you're a farmer too, right? Do you get storage or DP? I do not. All right. Oh, wow. hey, there we go. <laughs> Who needs it? We have Who a farm it? storage, so. Drop okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. in there. Oh, man. <laughs> Jake, do, Jake, do you offer uh, storage and DP at your elevators? So we do not offer traditional storage. We all, I call it price later. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing. Um, but yeah, price later <laughs> <laughs> and grain bank. So we are a feed mill as well. So we have a lot of customers that we bring a lot of corn, almost a half million bushel grain bank corn and it goes through our our feed mail so um, white commercial does not see that corn so it's a grain so, yeah. bank is there interest involved uh as far as we charge them <laughs> no okay. we charge them we just get a flat inflation proof <laughs> yeah does it grow in the middle? yeah so we uh we dry it to 14 percent you know when the when the, when we see the grain bank truck you know semi we also crank the dryer down to 14 percent. so we dry it down to 14 percent. normal gets dried down to 15 and then we shrink it an extra two um then they just get charged storage and then we'll charge them on grinding in a, yeah. a lot of allergies jake i'm a greedy cat a lot of surfaces <laughs> hey that's what banks are fee-based you know uh, yeah some of them so yeah you know you know jason i heard i heard there's a lot of money to be made in the grain processing business mm -hmm. yeah i'm hoping that uh next year i'll be able to make a mill well done <laughs> uh, i love it this is this is <laughs> Solid wheelhouse I mean, stuff. Have you been waiting to do that one all week? <laughs> Ten days. Yeah. Ten days. Been Ten waiting days to do been it. waiting to make So it. what? We, we kind of skipped around this, but I just got kind of curious. What's the year you started in the biz? Whether, you know, in the biz completely or as someone making decisions to buy and sell? I mean, I've got a point to this question. Okay. So. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I started in 2015, so we're nine years in now, and I just started as originator. We had a merchandiser there. Uh, I really knew nothing. I grew up on a farm, a uh, thousand acres, corn, beans, and tobacco. Um, yeah. And uh, so, I mean. Tar Hill State up there in Wisconsin. Yes, it's right. the Edgerton Tobacco City. We even have a Her Tobacco Heritage Days. So look it up. Um, Invite me. I'll come uh, check it out. Perfect. You yeah. can come up and work, too. Um, <laughs> bring your Zen. Yeah. I'm busy, I'm busy that day. <laughs> bring your Red Man. Um, so, yeah. So, starting 15, really no experience in the didn't know really no basis or anything. So thankfully, uh, uh, learned a lot from, uh, worked with Tracy who was there at the time and, uh, obviously by commercial, um, a lot of education. I remember my first class, I think was Kansas city with this guy right here. I'll never forget it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I just learned from there. Tracy left probably a year after, um, I was there. 
and uh, came to a commercial and all of a sudden they were like, oh, we got this newbie here. Do we trust Jake to <laughs> make these decisions? And yeah. somehow they trusted me. I'm still there here today. So, nice. um, but yeah, I just started with with uh, with really no experience. I think basis trading, it's easy, but you're always learning, I guess. You know, it's mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to find easy math, but you're always learning. You know, um, heck, people at these meetings have been coming here for, you know, 30 years and they're, you can always learn something. So that's what I like. It's easy, but there's always stuff to learn. So I, uh, I started, I started my career. I had an internship in Lincoln, Nebraska at a soybean crush plant. Uh, and at the end of that summer, I you know of just kind of sitting behind a desk and answering the phone. I said, I hate this. I just, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to do it. And then like four weeks later, the company offered me a job and I said, sold, I will come and work for you. Uh, and then I, I lived in, um, Southern Illinois for a little yeah. while. And then I've worked in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, all working for, it was, it was for ADM. Um, really enjoyed my time at the company. Really, really thankful for the people that took time to teach me that had no need to teach some kid from two States away that, you know, all of a sudden works in their office. Uh, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of the people that, you know, asked that, that took time to answer whatever stupid question I had. Um, and then an opportunity to, to move home came up for me. And so I, I started working at Deerfield and then pretty quickly after, uh, after I started working at Deerfield, my predecessor resigned. Um, and all of a sudden my boss came to me and said, Hey, do you want to do this? I said, sure. Um, and <laughs> now that was four or five years ago, I, I think so. I, you know, I'm 31. I've been doing this since I was, since I was in college, which feels, feels kind of crazy to say, um, so, you know, before, before coming to Deerfield, you know, really not a big decision-making role, just kind of involved in the business and around it. But pretty quickly after I, after I moved home, you know, really got, I really got involved in the decision-making process. And, you know, until, until you have to make a decision, it doesn't click, but, you know, once that responsibility is there, all of a sudden, all the information you sucked in over the last couple of years. So I guess the, the end of that story is I do feel really strongly that I want to continue to teach other people about what it is that we do. I, I, you know, whether that be a farmer or a college kid intern or my wife unwillingly, or, <laughs> you know, whoever it might be, there were, you know, much better people than me that took their time to teach me something. And so I feel very obligated to, you know, pass on whatever information I have sure. to, to give to somebody else. I started my career at a John Deere dealer. I worked there for 15 years, was a salesman for most of that time. And uh, I was offered a job to work at a production farm in, I like to say, an accidental elevator. <laughs> a farmer that had space that started buying grain and we, uh, we grew that business. Um, I was working for them until about two years ago and decided to try my own thing but yeah I was around agricultural things at, at the John Deere dealer and uh grew up around small farms but neither of my parents were in agriculture uh, mom's a nurse and dad was a truck driver and then a barber um but uh just I recession proof everybody's hair grows yeah <laughs> I, I was uh just always kind of drawn to well, some just kind of drawn to it but I, I do, I, I would echo what Jake says in a way. I, I find basis trading to be um, simple, but not easy. Um, and and I like, like simple things because I'm not a very complicated guy, but it, it becomes 
you know, there's always something new. No years alike. You always have um, different trends and different crop sizes. And this is Ben's you know, first year trading in a carry <laughs> five years in. Yep. <laughs> so then what year would you start at the grain? 2014. At the grain. There you go. So Perfect. all in pretty close enough yeah, 10 yeah. years. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's pretty amazing. The, um, you know, I, I think there's this idea out there that, Maybe there's not. I think there is that the basis trading and merchandising is just about putting basis together and linking the spreads, yeah. and which is a big part of how the money's made. But I, you know, you guys tell me, do you spend most of your days of the year at the elevator thinking about basis and spreads? No, very, <laughs> very few. Um, you know, we have a we have a weekly internally we have a weekly meeting where we review our basis positions and review our spreads and and we have those conversations, but the amount of time we are actually mm -hmm. making the decision is, is pretty small. You know, this business is a team sport, you know, just because I bought, you know, for example, today I bought 10,000 bushels of grain. Well, I bought it. I had to call the broker to hedge it. Um, we, we entered it into our system. You know, once it comes time to deliver the grain, we are going to have a few operations people that are involved. You know, mm -hmm. there might be a, a truck driver that delivers it. Then when we haul it back out, we've got our operations team involved in it. We've got FGIS graders coming in to grade it. We've got a container company that we're selling those beans to, and they have their traders and the steamship lines. And by the time we're done, these people touch the grain, these bushels of soybeans have been touched and owned by how many different companies 10, 15, maybe even And there's 20. still a bean. And it's still just a soybean. We haven't done anything to it except move <laughs> right. it around. Right. Which is pretty wild if you think about it. A lot of time for me is just spent on logistics, like you're saying. I, I would say more time is spent on logistics than it is actually on mm -hmm. the, the basis and the spreads. A very little yeah, I mean, you you make that decision and you move on yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times. And maybe you... You know, you, you trade that same bushel of corn lots of times, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the logistics of it end up, you know, Ben's wearing his uh, blue parrot here because there's probably a truck driver going to call him in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's still a it's still a very on time business. All of us have had to deal with a phone call coming through of a, of a customer that we greatly value that says, Jake, where's my check? I know that the elevator wrote my check last week and I need it. Where is it? Mm -hmm. Have you had that? You've had that happen before. All the time. There's still a piece of this that there are plenty of people who could call us and say, I need something. And that's where our value is. You know, that's people, people need something. Every time our phone rings, whether we want it to ring or not, somebody on the other end of the phone needs something. And that's an opportunity for us to create value for the communities in which we live. And it's also our opportunity to make money. Right. We're, we're for-profit capitalists, as Jake has mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to remember, Ben, that when people call us, they're calling because they, they either need us or they want to do right. business with us as opposed to someone else. Yes. And uh, it's probably a good thing for me to remember. If I'm calling someone, I probably <laughs> want something yeah. out of that interaction <laughs> as well. My my wife has pointed out that whenever I am dealing with customer service people, I'm probably a little nicer than I should be, especially if I need something from them. I'm like, I've dealt with people being mean to me, and I much I much prefer the people I, yeah, that are nice. Same thing. I'm just like, why are you so nice all the time? I'm like, trust me, <laughs> it just uh, goes a long way. But I just want to echo those guys. I mean, I don't change my basis every day, 
I, you know, I put in my bases. It's my bases is there for a while. You know, I'm, we're just the, just elevator. Um, I'm mostly every morning talking to the truckers, where are they going that day? You know, and then also sell bases. That's another one I'm really looking at, you know, every day. And then with the spreads, I put in targets and then, I mean, I let the targets do their yeah. work, you know, so it's mostly um, just logistics and daily operations and talking with the accountants and make sure the trucks are getting out and, and tracking sell basis and looking to make sales yeah. other than my basis. You know. I, I think one of the things that would surprise farmers about a, an elevator's business and the volume that we have to move is farmers rely on us that anytime that the market's open, they can call us and get a price and get something and that has some value. Uh, for us in our business, what we're selling into is often a non-liquid market. So to your you know your question earlier, Roger, about how often are we thinking about basis and spreads, all of a sudden today might be the day that the soybean container buyers are calling mm-hmm. and today might be my opportunity to sell it. The, the rail market could be the same thing. It could be quiet for weeks and today's the day that I can sell that number. And is that the right day for me to sell it? Today, it I can't just snap my fingers and all of a sudden sell six hundred thousand bushels of grain on two trains. It takes some time and a little finessing to mm-hmm. to make sure that the person on the other side needs what I have. Uh, I know Jake, you sell into a river market, mm-hmm. you know, and in Wisconsin, I, it it gets cold and it freezes. It you might not always be able to move grain every single day. Yep. It's cold in Wisconsin. It is, yeah. We didn't even really truck last week because we had, uh, yeah, two snowstorms come through. So, yeah, it does snow in the Midwest. <laughs> I grew up in Arkansas. I can't handle Arkansas. all this winter stuff. You know, it's unreal. So, okay, you guys talk about like uh, a lot of the things that I guess make the make the job good or fun, or you you go home from a day. So it, you go home, you end a day, and you're like. Man, this was a really good day. You have those feelings every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. At most jobs, I don't know, man. Yeah. but anyway, <laughs> what is it? Do you guys, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, it's very we sure do, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I, if, if if or when that has happened, what 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 makes it a great day? At going home, thinking like, what? I man, I did it today. One of the things that I I can feel a lot of success with with our team. I, I think about a lot. I think a lot about our team, uh, about our our operations team, and you know, the owners of our company, and just everybody that works there. And when we get something done on time, and it's four o'clock, and everybody can go home, and the day is done, and there's nothing that we need to worry about. That's a that's a big one. Is it's three thirty, and everything's done, and everything's put away. And we get to go home and we get to be quiet for a little bit and go be with our families. That's a that's a very successful day is getting people home safely, getting the job done on time, because there are plenty of days that Mother Nature and God get in the way of what we're trying to get done. And it's very true. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I'm going to load 40 containers today. Good luck, buddy. Watch that truck drive right off the scale, right? Little shout out to Cullen. Um, I was I was having a rough day and I had texted our group about it. And uh, I sat, I went home, sat on the couch and I got a phone call from South Dakota and uh, he uh, encouraged me, but also reminded me that, uh, you know, that we need to be safe. Um, we, we work around really dangerous things. 
And uh, Colin uh, Wilson is he's a, a safety guru at this point. And uh, he he uh, gave, five is. He, you know, he does. <laughs> but uh, it, it's always a good reminder to like what we do is uh, we, we might not get to go home if we make poor choices or if someone else makes a poor mm, choice. Right. So um, we it's good to be reminded of that. Uh, maybe we should be more reminded a little more often. Right. I just echoed what they said. I mean, the same thing as, you know, getting home safely. I also think, you know, heck, if I buy a lot of grain that day, I, you know, I'm pumped, yeah. you know, that pumps you up. Yeah. You know, the market rallies up, you buy a lot of grain at a good basis and, and you know, you can sell it, make a good profit. I mean, that really pumps yeah. me up because, you know, you're going to have some weeks that, heck, you don't hardly buy anything. You're like, you know, what the heck? I haven't bought anything in like two, three weeks, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's good to have those days of, you know, just where you buy a lot of grain and, and uh, I can send out a lot of, a lot of contracts that, you know, go home and, that pumps me up. So, all right. My next question, a little less serious, but that's okay. That's what I'm known for. Um, the office snack to get you through harvest along. You guys, what do you have stashed around or that you prefer to have around? I'm going to guess it's a can of wolf chili. I was uh, maybe honey buns, maybe, you know, the four year old honey buns in the, in the little <laughs> bin out there on the counter, you know? We have a tote in my uh, like my grading room, and it's full of whatever cheap candy my wife can buy at like you know the Ollie's discount store. All right, and uh, you know there's all sorts of different things: Starburst, Snickers. But Ooh. after a while, those tastes kind of coalesce <laughs> together. Um, so it it's you know it's good because they're like <laughs> all in the bag together, so you get like a fruity Snickers. Yeah, oh, yes. okay, right. um, but. Um, Best of both worlds as well. Oh, and, and it's free game to anyone that walks in the door. The, right. the even, even, I gotta come visit. Even the customers. Oh, yes, of course. That's really why I have it there. So, <laughs> yeah. And if Jason would show up, we'd let him try something. All right. But we just still won't let him join the text group. But he can have your candy. Yes. Candy is. I'm not coming in the wintertime because this is crazy up here. This is nice in Tennessee. It's like here. 31 degrees. This is awesome. I mean, there's snow piled up down everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. My Uber driver over here said they were closed for a week in Nashville because they had a four, five inches of snow or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're running out of bread and milk. They, they, they definitely don't have shovels. Look at the sidewalk. If anybody just had a shovel, yeah. Be... Anyways, uh, okay. my my first year at Deerfield uh, after my predecessor had left, I think I lost 25 pounds because I was just stressed and terrified <laughs> and I would just come to work and not eat. And all of a sudden it would be six o'clock and I'm going home and I haven't eaten anything. Uh, it's certainly not good for me. I am prone to just, I'll show up at work without food and then just wonder at three o'clock, well, oh, why didn't I eat anything? Well, cause I didn't bring anything. So <laughs> um, I would say that my snack unfortunately is just not eating, which is not good. I've been to Ben's office and seen a random loaf of bread, uh, like a uh, whole thing loaf. picture. Yes, it, it did make its rounds on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> was a merchandiser in his native habitat, but yeah, I was. I, right. I just had some a jar of peanut butter and some bread in an effort to try to just force myself to eat something. Sometimes there might have been a large bottle of ibuprofen as well. I think. <laughs> I'll change. Actually, I'll change. So I'll change pills and no food. Pills. Oh, pills for lunch. <laughs> I, I will. I can't take this stress anymore. <laughs> okay. So. I will uh, I will sometimes bring in a jug of Fairlife milk and I can be known to put down an entire jug of Fairlife milk <laughs> through a day. 
Okay. Yeah, as long as you pace yourself, support America. Do it all at once. Support support America's dairy farmers. Is there a certain snack that when you walk into an elevator, you just know this this is the place, Jason? Which what is it? For me, I I never see snacks hardly. Other than little Debbie's for sale for on you know honor system for a quarter or whatever. I don't know. What do you, Roger? Well, I've always just assumed that the sample bucket was snacks. It's there. It's free. It's edible. Definitely during wheat harvest. Yeah, Those soybeans are good. Now, I will tell you, one of my, my first gig in Louisiana, and I think I was played a joke on, mm-hmm. and I uh, it was told, like, hey, you can roast soybeans. They're great snacks. I'm like, hey, we got a stove in the back and a skillet, and we got some beans over here in the buggy. Let's do it. We poured some oil. It just smoked up the elevator. They were terrible. But since I've seen roasted soybeans in bags and ate them, and they're really good. I tried them. We so got really, two. We got two bins full of roasted beans at, at see, there, there you go. It's you yeah. just it's like deer corn, but for beans, you can sell them. Yeah. People okay. eat. Ben has all sorts of, um, you know, comments and snide remarks about deer corn. It's true. I am a. Uh, I will. I will speak it publicly. I hate deer corn. I. I am not a deer hunter. I don't particularly care about them or find them majestic. If they all left, that's fine with me. Uh, we I like bikes. We will get a lot. Of, <laughs> here, here. We will get a lot of phone calls at the elevator asking if we sell deer corn, and uh, the answer is no. And if they ask what the price, you know, if they still, well, can I get something? I will. Well, okay, you know, I'll sell it to you for. Five hundred bucks for a ton. So, how many have taken you up on it? None, and I'm fine with that <laughs> because for for us, you know, the way we're set up, you know, to sell two hundred pounds of corn or one ton of corn, it takes me more time than it does to load out four trucks, and it's just I, I'm not interested in it. If somebody else at our company wants to spearhead it and figure it out and make it work, more power to them. I have no interest in it. I think it's funny your name is Deerfield. <laughs> deer <laughs> you heard it here. He will not sell corn for 950 basis points. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we sell. We sell 10, the bucks, 10 bucks for a 50 pound bag. Whole corn. And well, oh, part we're, of, we're, we're a feed meal, so we, we have a bagger, so we can bag yeah, a bagger. Well, and there are you know, there are feed stores around. There, there are plenty of places to buy deer corn, but the reason they're calling me is because they think that the feed mill or the feed store is too high priced and they think they can buy it from me for cheaper. And you know, just to go to pull up to the to the grain cart during harvest. If you want it, that's as cheap as you can get it right there in the field. After about the tenth call in 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 harvest, I get pretty frustrated with it. Oof, yeah, harvest. I guess you just gotta make t-shirts so people know. Deerfield <laughs> egg service. No deer, no deer. <laughs> Print the shirts. Well, I will say that's that's quite a take. Uh, against the, the you know the swimming up current from the rest of the industry. That's really going to fire up Twitter. I we're think. a we're a volume X. I guess I can't call it Twitter anymore. We're it's a X. we're a volume business. I'm I, not I'm not concerned with selling point zero zero one percent. Come on, ben. Your everybody starts with one bushel. Okay, you can tell you build a selling relationship. You start at one bushel and you go up to two bushels. <laughs> we do. We do have a couple customers that if I have their phone number and we'll we'll pass it along. I mean, oh, hey, if you yeah, want to yeah. call Fred, you can call Fred, or if you want to call Jeff, he's got corn too, and they're happy to take the time to help you out. But I don't want to. I, I can see how you could you know do it in the logo. You got Deerfield. 
and then you put above the the deer, deer. you put no and corn underneath. Yeah. And then you kind of like put a rectangle around. No deer corn, deer field. All right, I get it. You know, this is our thing. You don't want my corn. We're gonna charge you <laughs> unbelievable amounts of DP, and and we're not gonna sell you deer corn. That's our deal. That's hey, what we do here. You know, we're talking about the naming thing. We need a deer corn contract. Unbelievable. This would work good. Yeah. Write that down for later. Take <laughs> right. a pen in it. <laughs> well, well, uh, is that is that would that be like a grain bank? Yeah. Was there anything else you'd like to discuss on this uh, pod? I, I think uh, we wasted enough of these guys' time. I appreciate you guys sitting down in my Thanks. rental bedroom. <laughs> and, and it sounds so majestic. Beautiful deal in downtown Nashville. I mean, I will have to say Jason was a very gracious host, offered us water and Nutri-Grain bars. I did. That he snagged from the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, not, I'm just trying to be trying to help you guys out you know i know it's stressful i heard about how much you hate the grain elevator business <laughs> and and use each other to uh you know not feel so bad about Get each it. other through the day basically and yeah. uh okay. does this make you want to start your own pair group jason yeah you guys want in we'll just all Dude, don't can don't like fun. with somebody else yeah somebody else <laughs> obviously, obviously. Did we say that we already have a cool name for ours yeah which is oh you know go ahead jason. You, you do it roger it's spreaders anonymous Okay. We almost came on here anonymously, but we decided to say our names. So. What? How did we? How did we not start with that? What are you guys? You didn't doing? ask. You're a terrible host. <laughs> 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 Look, I gave you waters. Okay. Like, what more? I gotta ask this. this so this is good. Spreaders anonymous. Yeah. Right. Does, you know what? You know you're at home. We get a text from spreaders. Does your wife ever say who's spreaders? I know. Anybody? Did you let your wife look at your phone? <laughs> yeah, of course. You're married. I got nothing to hide, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I've tried to explain to my wife what we do. Um, and that that's never goes well. So we get, is she going to listen to this podcast? Uh, definitely not. Okay, so you can say right. what you want. <laughs> my wife is uh, my wife is starting to is starting to enjoy. She's starting to see the same people at white commercial events as she travels with me. So she's she really. She really looks forward to it because she'll she'll come to these events and lock herself in a hotel room and get a bunch of work done and then you know come down to the social hour and get to catch yeah. up with people and see yeah. some people. So it makes it, you know, she really she's really starting to enjoy these. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. I enjoy seeing you guys and going out to dinner. And Roger always picks out some great places. Last year we ate at a Colombian place, which was awesome. Mm. So yeah, it's nice. All right. Well, guys, appreciate it so much taking your time uh to Travel all the way to Nashville just to record this podcast. It was very incredible. Big. I hope you yeah. found something else to do while you're in town. Uh, but thank you guys very much. Well, thank you guys. For Appreciate it. As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Oh!